This My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Rolls-Royce of barbell monitoring technology, the GymAware. Guys, in-season training, we rock the GymAware all the time for quite a few reasons. The first, of course, is just that, the ding. Every time the athlete hears that, they know that they're hitting exactly what we need from them at that moment. And when they don't hear it, it brings out that extra little bit of competitiveness within themselves. On top of that, that awesome ding ends out bringing together the athletes as well, pushing each other and getting each other to be able to hit numbers that they probably wouldn't hit at that portion of the year. And finally, of course, that ding helps us monitor, manipulate, and keep track of volumes and intensities so we can best dose our athletes during the season at the right time with the right amount. Guys, hop over to kinetic.com.au and check out what Evan and the team down there have because this is absolutely a sensational product that's changed the way that we've trained our athletes. This edition of My Thoughts Monday is brought to you by Valve Performance, the team behind the Nordboard, Force Dex, the Groin Bar, and Human Track. Guys, the most important ability for all of our athletes is availability, and that's the absolute goal of Valve Performance, is to provide solutions to performance professionals so that we can get the right information to make the right decision at the right time for the betterment of the athletes that we get to work with. To do this, guys, they have a wide range of validated products that focus on usability and having been founded by the School of Exercise and Nutrition Sciences at the Queensland University of Technology, they're extremely evidence-based and they're beyond transparent. I can tell you that our time using the Nordboard and being involved with Force Decks, we have been introduced to so many amazing people that have truly helped us become better coaches, have a better understanding, not just of the technology, but also what we're doing with our athletes. So make sure you hop over to valveperformance.com today to make sure you check out what they got. It's going to make you better and to do better by your athletes. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is the combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the Internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Jay DeMeo coming at you with this week's edition of My Thoughts Monday. Today, guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about some stuff that we're doing here. Uh, throughout the summer, when it comes to 
kind of our regressions and progressions because I think that we've got something that's kind of interesting, kind of unique, kind of different. Uh, and I wanted to share it with you. First and foremost, a uh, big shout out to Mike Thompson for having a huge impact on this and helping put together a lot of these ideas and challenging me in, in some of these situations to really think outside of my comfort zone and to drive some decisions that we, we've made here. So shout out to Mike um, for, for making me kind of pull my head out of the sand and look at some things. But taking a little bit of a different approach to the summer. Um, I think very often a lot of us look at the summer as in basketball especially is really our only time of development. Um, but after having the opportunity to sit down and talk with a couple of guys who work in the National Hockey League, uh, I think that that impression has changed with me. And I think that we can do much better um, with our in-season programming when it comes to development. So, you know, we, we took a step back and we really looked at how our guys were technically. And if I'm going to be completely honest, they weren't that bad. You know, for the most part, they were, they were pretty good. I wouldn't say, you know, they were A's across the board. Um, but I don't think any of us would. I think that some of them obviously were better at some things than others. So what we did is we ended up looking at a couple of our most important, if that's the word, um, weight room exercises. And we scaled them. So, for example... I'm a two foot and a one foot squat guy. So, you know, shout out to Chase Campbell and Alan Bishop, you know, because they've put that out there too, that they are two foot and one foot squat guys. So I'm happy to be in that club as well. But like for our guys, you know, some of them squat great. I got a 6'11 dude who can, who can squat USAPL depth. It's, it's mind blowing. I got a five foot six dude who has trouble with it. And I got a whole bunch of people in the middle who are somewhere at one end of the spectrum or the other. So we took the squat and we started simply goblet, front, and then back. If you can goblet squat well, and you got to a pretty good load, then we let you move up to a front squat. And then a back squat, right? So we started at those three levels, right? And then we noticed that there were some people that were still having issues with really all of them. Like they could handle weight, but whether it be depth or posture or whatever. So then Mike was like, maybe we try raising their heels up a little bit, see if we can get them to get depth and kind of take their ankle out of it a little, you know. And sort of like what Alan Bishop has, has shown his guys doing quite a bit down there at Houston. And I was like, you know, Cool. Well, when my former director, Brandon Horgan, was here, we used to do a bunch of that with some of the guys, so why not? And sure enough, we've got a lot of guys that move a lot better. Now, I'll talk more about what we're doing with the foot and stuff like that in another podcast. But So we do the goblets with our heels elevated. We do the front squats with our heels elevated. We go back squat, heel elevated. And then we go back squat, uh, flat-footed. We probably got half the team back squatting with the heels elevated. And they're all pretty close to being able to get out of that. And then we'll move forward. 
Uh, the second exercise is a rear foot elevated split squat. With that one, we're starting with a stick overhead because I think the mobility is the most important part with that exercise. Being able to keep your trunk straight up and down, shoulders over hips, sitting back, making sure that knee, that the foot's up on the bench is moving backwards. I think all that's important. So starting with that stick overhead really allows the kids to, to practice, to groove that pattern, to learn, to stretch, to feel things, kind of figure it out. Uh, then we're going to go with a goblet, <coughs> excuse me, a goblet, and then we're going to go with our front heel elevated. Uh, Chris Corfist and Cal Deet have talked about this a bunch. Jeff Moyer does a bunch of stuff with this as well. Uh, we did a bunch of stuff with this with a couple of guys in season. Had some really good success with it, you know, strengthening that foot. Um, you know, because you never, you don't really want to be flat-footed in sports, so... We're working our way to that. We've got a couple of guys that are already there. Some of our worst squatters do well with that. No clue why. They just do. Some of our best squatters suck at that. No clue why. They just do. Uh, the last big progression on that day is, uh, is our hip hinge, right? So most of our guys, if not all of them right now, are just doing good mornings. I like the good morning because it teaches them that they have to keep their posture right. It teaches them the mobility necessary uh, in their hamstrings, in their hips. It teaches them to sit back into it. And I like the good morning because a lot of them don't have the prerequisites to be able to do a good single leg RDL. So we practice it that way. The single leg RDL is the next step. Uh, offset with one dumbbell, and then hopefully sooner than later, we'll have a single leg good morning with some of those guys. Now, it's our progressions and regressions. And we took two days to go through all that and make sure that not only are we starting them with the right exercises, but we're starting them with the right weights as well. Um, one set of 20, one set of 20 each leg, and we're going to work at it, and we're going to get better at it. Because what we're going to do is we're going to use this time to, yes, develop general strength. Yes, develop work capacity. But we're also going to use this to take these general patterns that we deem important and make sure we get super good at them. And make sure that if there's things that we need to fix with them, we fix them. Because then we've got our longest time of the year where we can't really fix much when they're practicing all the time. We're practicing now. I get it. But we definitely can't fix much in season. But we can train in season. We can get better in season. We can build in season. I mean, if they can in the NHL with 82 games, why can't we in college with 30? So that really changed my mindset. When we look at our upper body days, the other two, um, our lifts are completely designed now around how our guys lift and implement over their head. For a long time, it was all about how they could bench. Or then for a while it was, <laughs> I mean, borderline, like who cares? It's just upper body stuff they're pumping up. 
the med ball throws and those sort of things are what's important. But now we're looking more in depth at how they can press over their head. And the reason being is we see a lot of guys who have a hard time putting an implement over their head without sacrificing their spine, right? So not wrenching up to put dumbbells or a barbell over their head. The guys who can't do that, like yours truly right here, um, most of them have a harder time when it comes to staying straight up and down in the squat. Uh, I mean, I squat more low bar anyway, so that wouldn't matter, but um, they have a harder time with things when it comes to controlling their posture. So we're starting level one, was can they press a pair of dumbbells, nothing crazy heavy, over their head with their back against the wall, right? Without puffing up. Just keep your spine as, as much as your spine on the wall as you can. Let's see if we can just move from your shoulder to go up. If they can do that, we had them try doing it seated. If they can do that, then they can do a standing press. If they can do that, they can do just about you know anything in the upper body day and, and they would do something different. But otherwise, you know, we're starting to look and break down the workouts to make sure that we're incorporating things that are going to help them be able to have better free range of motion in their shoulders, you know? Because if you just think about something simple in basketball, right, that these kids do a thousand times a week, it's just like a, a simple closeout, right? Run out, chop your feet, put your hands over your head. Well, one, if you can't put your hands over your head and raise them up there quickly, right, to take away the vision of the attacking player, without retching your back, a lot of times you're putting stress on your back where you wouldn't need to be. Well, that's not good. We know that. And two, if you can't do it and you finish with your arms in front of you, which you can't see on the camera, but if you finish with your arms not straight up and down, those of us in college ball know that's a foul. So, again, just trying to work on those things so that when we get into building and allowing them to be better, we can do that. Now, that's not all we're doing. And I'll probably touch on some of those other things next week. But I thought those progressions and regressions that we've been working on, again, huge shout out to Mike Thompson uh, for, for challenging me and coming up with a lot of these ideas because um, I like it, so I wanted to share it with you guys. Because I think it's something that could help you look at your programs a little bit. Maybe take a step back and really evaluate in some of these more quiet times. Like, what are we doing, you know? How are we moving forward? How are we making sure that we're doing what's best for the athletes that we get to work with, you know? So... As always, guys, appreciate everything you do for us here at Central Junior Sport Performance. Be back next week with another My Thoughts Monday. I'll see you then.